creators of Relevant Magazine, this is The Relevant Podcast. It's the week of Friday, October 23rd, 2015, and it's The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and this week's show is brought to you by Bright Peak Financial. Bright Peak Financial empowers young Christian families to become stronger financially so they can live with generosity and make a difference in the world. They created the Simple Living Challenge, a 14-day free program to help you cut down on life's clutter, creating more balance, freedom, and joy in your life. Each day of the challenge, you'll receive tips and activities delivered to your inbox. Most of us would love to live a simpler, more intentional life and opportunity to live more and be more. Visit brightpeakfinancial.com slash simple hyphen living. Simple. What's hyphen? Is that the one in the, the middle or the one on the bottom? The, the, the little one. short the middle. one sure. in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Dash? Is that a is that dash? also called a Not dash? Not dash. No, there's a, there's, the dashes are longer. The hyphens, oh. like a uh, half dash. Half dash. Uh, yeah. Brightpeakfinancial.com slash simple hyphen living to get started. Don't go to simple dash living. No. It's a mess. I, lo- <laughs> I, love, I love what Bright Peak is doing. Uh, their financial management and all that kind of stuff. Intentionally from a Christian worldview, it's not just about growing investments and things like that. It's getting your finances in order so you can live generously. I love that. Yeah, and that great. you yeah. can mm-hmm. pursue the things that matters and you're not like a slave to paychecks and stuff. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. It's totally. a different perspective on money. Neat. Good job, Bright Peak. All right. Well, like I said, I'm your host, Cameron. Here with me, back in the studio after three weeks away, Andy <laughs> Big Cat Coffles. Cameron, it is nice to see you. We Bye. are very glad to have Good you. Good to see you. Over Good there to, uh, to Eddie's left, uh, Tiffany <laughs> Brunson's joining us today. Hello. It's all in reference to me. Yes. <laughs> right in front of Eddie. <laughs> right in front of Eddie on the ones and twos, Jeremiah Dunlap. Great to be here. And on the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. And also, can I can I say, it's not until you just read the, what day of the week or what day of the month this is releasing. I in all of my prep prepped as this as if this was the spooktacular edition. <laughs> Where was we have another week? In, right? Because that's the thirtieth. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm it's embarrassed, amazing. but I <laughs> you know, it's too late at this point. So you're getting spooktacular content from me. Welcome well, to the Halloween but, but, episode. But this is the week of Halloween. I mean most people live on uh, yep. listen on like a Monday and Halloween will be on Friday. Yeah, I feel like so, ABC yeah. family's already gearing up for Halloween, so we can yeah. definitely yeah, do it. We're basically into Christmas at this point. It is hard to know though, because if we talk about all Halloween next week people aren't listening until on monday right. we're already in november yeah well because i mean if it downloads on friday night even if they're the early adopters i mean they're gonna be hardcore in halloween prep mode they're not gonna yeah. be listening to yeah the this, show. Is, this is our spooktacular this is episode. the one yeah okay good because i've been uh, embarrassed many times throughout my life by accidentally preparing for a spooktacular when there in fact isn't one yeah so it's really I'm random glad. when you do that in may but um <laughs> yeah <laughs> again i sometimes I just get my calendar mixed up guys <laughs> <laughs> my Halloween we have a noise. great show in store today, <laughs> even though it's not the official Spooktacular edition. That you just get the free Spooktacular on top. Uh, coming up later, Hillsong Worship is is here in the studio performing a couple songs, which I think thematically really links in with the whole dark uh, holiday. Yeah, of we Halloween. planned ahead for this one. Yeah. Yeah. How many of them are there? Hillsongs seventeen. No, know. no, no, there's not. No, what this was is they went on their uh, Worship Nights tour, Hillsong Worship Nights, and it was mm-hmm. like a collection. It was some of the Young and Free guys, some of the kind of old school Hillsong people, some of the United guys yeah. uh, and girls, and they were all kind of blended. And cool. so it's yeah. Hillsong Worship. Hillsong Blended. Uh, 
that's that's <laughs> who's here. Yeah. Uh, we also speak with author Eric Mason uh, coming up on the show about his brand new book called Unleashed. We uh, we unleash Eric Mason on the show. <laughs> All right, Eddie, you're yep. back. You yep. were gone for a very long time. Too long. Uh, it felt like a long time. Say. It's been a month since I've been on the show. I think uh, you weeks. were gone for three weeks. We, we felt every one of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, where were you? What What did you do? Uh, I went I went to India just to go and see the the work of IJM and other NGOs and nonprofits that are working over there. And I've never was, been to India. It is profound. So IJM obviously works. You guys work in the legal issues of mm-hmm. freeing sex trafficking and mm-hmm. child and, trafficking yep, and things yep. like that. And bonded labor, slavery. So people that are working in like brick kilns that have to, that are making bricks, like whole families that are in slavery. And so we work in a bunch of different areas. So you were, I mean, where did you go? Like what cities are, are, are yeah. were you seeing? So we went to two different cities in India and the first city, the, the focus of that city and the focus of the work that IJM is doing there is that forced bonded labor. And so there's people that are making bricks and this family will be making bricks in this in this brick kiln. So the dad is working the, the big machine and the kids are turning the bricks every two hours and they're in this terrible situation. And we got to go and see the full reason of why this is happening. How did someone get into slavery for the first time? Is what, it like indentured servanthood? It is It is exactly that. So like a typical story will be, and actually the family that I sat and spoke with, there's extreme poverty, less yeah. than $2, $2 a day. And so we're talking just right on the verge of actual starvation at every moment. And so what will happen is like this guy's family... The wife was pregnant and needed to see a doctor. And so in order to get the doctor out to their village, they had to borrow something. It was like ended up being like twenty dollars in, in our currency. Well, twenty dollars does not exist in that family, did not ha- exist in the village. So they go to the rich moneylender in town who owns a brick factory and says, I need to borrow twenty dollars. My wife is going to die. And he says, Yes, you can borrow the twenty dollars, but you have to come and work it off. So they go and they work in it, but these people are not honest. It's not like he's keeping a tally and going, yes, you did a dollar's worth of work today. Only another 19 days. They don't work like that. They continue to compound the interest and just tack on things for sometimes a person's whole life and many generations. Like there are third and fourth generation slaves that are paying off a $20 loan. And this isn't just like a story that we see with IJM. There are 16 million slaves in India right now in a similar kind of situation. And so we went, we saw what was happening we saw why it was happening. We got to ask really deep questions about the the problem of this and why this would happen. And then the, the thing that was, I think, m- most profound was sitting with the families. And we met with folks because they do a lot of aftercare. So it's not just like someone comes out of slavery. It's how do you how do you rehabilitate them physically and mentally? How do you get them back into a place where they're not re-trafficked and they're not in the same situation again a year later? And so they're teaching life skills and we walked in and there was a group game happening in this aftercare facility where there were probably 10 families in there. And the game they were playing is, is this a freedom or not? And so what they were doing is they're like lined up in lines and they're like doing like, if you answer a question right, you move forward. And they're asking questions like, do you have a right to education? And it was just blank stares because people just don't know if they have a right to education. Do you have a right to healthcare? They don't, they just don't know. And so they're really like you're seeing these people and talking with these people who do not think they have any right in the world to even exist outside of the hand of this person who is mercilessly just torturing them to do this work. And so we saw them and then we sat down with individual families and I got to speak with a couple of families that had very recently come out of slavery. And that was like, (laughs) 
like that was like overwhelming you know because it's like it's a real person <laughs> like because yeah. you know like being an ijm for like a year and a half like um sorry <laughs> i haven't really like dug in and talked about this i should have probably done it before a podcast but um like the crazy thing about it is is like I've been going through, and a lot of people have this mental education of, like, we've read all the books, I've seen the reports, I've seen the deep prevalence studies, like, I understand the problem. But until you sit across from a man who is sitting with his family and is recounting the horrors of the situation that he was in, and you see his eyes just flicker away for a second, and you just know, like, that that was a really bad, bad moment that his family and his children and everybody we're a part of together like it becomes very real that like s- slavery is <laughs> is an actual terrible thing in the world and it's actually happening on our watch and there's actually 36 almost 36 million people on the planet in this exact kind of situation um so it was i i haven't begun to process it as much as i've begun to just realize what i saw um, then we went to another city and that city was, um, they work specifically in, um, sex trafficking and specifically in underage sex trafficking. So children that were in prostitution and by children, I'm saying I walked into the, that aftercare facility where all the kids go and learn and get physically and uh, mentally rehabilitated and get to learn how to be kids again and get to learn how they're valued. And I walk into a room and it's like a middle school camp, but they're all just like cheering and having fun. And they're all just like children. But then you start to look around and you're like, there's a five-year-old sitting. There's like a row of five-year-olds. And there's like five-year-olds all the way up to like 17-year-olds. And they're just little kids. And they like played and we danced together. And it was like they made us cards. And it was exactly what you would expect from just a room full of kids. But you see that and you never unsee that. You're just like, this is messed up. This cannot be the good thing is people are doing things about it both in you know at ijm and other organizations like there is starting to be this awakening that justice for the poor is possible there's starting to be this awakening that like we can end slavery in maybe cohen and eve and lucy's lifetime the 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 indentured servanthood ones Mm -hmm. how, how did they how are they freed i mean like what is what are the organizations doing to free them is it financial it's no because you don't just buy them out okay. because if you buy them out they're just like a commodity if we go right. to the grocery store and buy all the oranges they just get more oranges tomorrow like mm. you don't buy out a slave what you do is there are laws in place every country in the world has laws in place that make slavery illegal the problem is is that governments aren't enacting these laws because many of the brothel owners or people that own these brick kilns are incredibly wealthy And wealth rules the day in places where people are hand-to-mouth, just barely making it. So what we're doing is we go in and we slowly get a very rusty, not-working-justice system moving again. We've trained police officers. We find empathetic judges. We work from a very high government level to make it a priority. And all of a sudden, the justice system starts to work. And then we... And, and this is what a lot of, like, the effective NGOs are doing this. We step back and let the Indian government do what they already say they're going to do. And so what ends up happening is um, the police, the local police, make arrests. They go in. They arrest the, the brothel owner. They take all of the kids and put them in different aftercare facilities. And I jam, we step back and watch it happen. 
and we want to empower them because we can't be the police force of the planet. We're just training and equipping and getting kind of the resources together. I think that's the Justice League, the police force of the planet. <laughs> we are what we are. I can't, I can't tell you everything I did over there, but some of it involved flying. <laughs> and, and, and when, when, when you bring church leaders, uh, you know, to, to, to come and visit these, these facilities that, you know, are providing aftercare or visiting ministries around the country, what, what steps can can they or you know in effect you know the trickle down people that are involved you know in in a church or just want to help the cause yeah. of ending uh slavery and human trafficking what 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 can we do as as just someone who is you know people who are pretty far removed from it in in a lot of different ways i think the fir- it's such a good question because it's hard to know like i I wasn't helpful over there. I didn't do anything that actually helped free someone. We just watched the work that other people were doing. But we brought these storytellers because we want them to come back and we just want them to tell people what they've seen and tell people about the realities of it. And so much of where we're at right now is just telling people that this exists. There was a guy in my small group last night that was like, He's, he said, uh, yeah, I told like 10 people about your trip and no one believed that there was actually a slave in the wow. world. And it was like, that's it. That's step yeah. one is... Well, Abraham Lincoln solved it. Right? Right. <laughs> it's yeah. all done. But yeah. Yeah. but that's hard because because we don't pe- see people being sold and, you know, in up on blocks anymore. Like slavery is exists, but it's, it's hidden. Um, and so I think the big thing first is just making yourself aware of it. And I think that people inherently are smart enough to know what their next right steps are after they understand that there's a problem. I think some people should give a ton of money to different organizations. I think people should pray. I think people should advocate um, to elected officials. I think some people should quit their job and go and work and get overseas and come and quit being a pastor at a church and come and speak on behalf of IJAM or do whatever they got to do. But I think the first step is just talking about it because it's a shockingly disproportionate number of people have any idea that this exists I, I, whenever we talk about issues like this in the magazine we we, we always have a, a call to action yeah at the end because like now that your eyes have been opened about something you can't claim ignorance anymore yeah. you know yeah and so we always say like here's here's something you can do with your voice your time or your resources that's right that's exactly right because yeah. not everybody has resources but those people have time mm-hmm. and everybody has a voice and some people further down in life maybe they don't have as much time but that means they probably have resources right. and so we don't let anybody off the hook yeah you know you have to do something and mm-hmm. starting with prayer yeah. uh, talking about it making sure people are aware everybody can do that mm-hmm. and then uh, God will let you know what to do next yeah yeah and and that prayer actually really does matter and work it's not like a throwaway thing bottom of a yeah. support card like that actually is changing the course of human history because there is a planet full of churches and church leaders and Christians saying like not no more. We're not doing this. I, I, when I was in the Middle East uh, in the Holy Land, talking to Palestinians and, and Israelis, uh, what can we do? They're like, just pray. That's what mm-hmm. they said. When I was in Lebanon, meeting with refugees, what can we do? They're like, pray. Right. I mean, literally, that's what they want. I mean, right. the people who are in, in these tough situations, they want support and prayer and right. awareness. Right. They don't necessarily need us to solve their problems for right. them. They just want us to pray, and God will intervene. That's why End It Movement has been so great. You know, when people are putting the red X's on their hand and posting it, it's like so many people just understand for the first time that there's a problem, and that is transformative. Right? Yeah. And and people will commit to praying and giving money and supporting great organizations that are doing the work. 
Um, so that was really powerful. Should I? I should record it. <laughs> start okay, the show? Yeah. okay. <laughs> it's the week of. <laughs> can you imagine? <laughs> oh my gosh! Eddie, can you just recap that? <laughs> recap the, the part where you got a little uh, a little emotional. Can yeah. we just take that from we, the top? We have to jump in right there. In two, one. I can tell. I can tell the the trip uh, changed you because you, yeah. you're wearing a black t shirt and dungarees today. <laughs> dungarees. You're coming what back like looking all edgy. Yeah, I uh, had no. When you say dungarees, I can only see him from the waist down. You're making. Me you think he's wearing like old navy carpenter jeans oh, from like, that's, like I'm sure jeans. jeans and a t-shirt he's <laughs> wearing jeans yeah i have not at all been able because it was also 10 days of like being pretty uh on with people and you know i'm just tired like too much talking <laughs> so it was uh for some so reason that perfect. translated into me not being able to I think wear that's a collar fa- favorite things about you is like you you're so good on on stage you're just so great with people when people really think am. of you <laughs> when pe- no when people think of you they're like oh he's the best he like everybody in the room wants like but i love that like that you are just spent spent and then still you, spent you just you just shut down afterwards and recharge in solitude <laughs> still, just just still slip spent. into some some dungarees. <laughs> <laughs> thank you all for asking, though. You yeah. can Very kind of you. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're gl- we're glad to have you back. Thanks. I'd like to thank the one guy who actually I, I I've since blocked him, but said the show was better without me and wasn't joking. So what? Oh, yeah. So I want to thank that guy. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> it was better without you in 18 minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Did he really say that? Yeah. I didn't see that. Yeah. I saw I, the first something. week. I saw a couple of backhanded compliments of like you know how how missed you were. Yeah, which I, came out. I understand. But I'm like, wait a second. Hey, what about the rest of us? We have feelings, buddy. <laughs> but we have feelings. People don't care about your feelings. It's the internet. Yeah, yeah. come on. <laughs> it's the internet. Hey, we are all wearing black shirts. Uh, Jesse, <laughs> Tiffany, uh, Eddie, and I. Uh, I don't know what that means. It's spooky. It's, it's a spooky Halloween. Spectacular. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not Cameron. You were me- Cameron was mean to me today because of your attire. Yes. Cameron Jeremiah looks like a homeless man today. He looks like he slept. He's layers? He looks like he slept outside. Yeah. When he first came in, his hair was like <laughs> kind of like your crazy uncle, yeah. you know, that like all over the place. And he has on like four jackets. Yeah. yeah what is with that? Because it okay. is not that cold. I, okay. First of all, it there was were very reasons. cold this morning. No, it was like sixty. It okay. was seventy-one degrees this morning. It's but a high of seventy. Explain your layers. No I have I have reasons for both. First of all, Cameron, my hair wasn't that okay. It was pretty bad. It was crazy. I fell asleep last night with wet hair outside. <laughs> outside, and I woke up. And very quickly got dressed. The problem with living with living so close to relevant is that I don't have to prepare. Like I can wake up at. Or you at think eight. you don't? Have yeah, to I can wake up at. I can <laughs> wake up at eight fifty. <laughs> I live so close. I don't have to bathe. You know. Um, so, but on the way here, I decided to take my moped today. And Cameron, you know, when you get on on like a moped or a motorcycle, Windy. it immediately gets Downtown. thirty, like thirty degrees colder Downtown. while you're driving. Did you pay eight hundred dollars. Yes, I did. <laughs> moped store? Yeah, yeah. So that's why. I prepared for the mo- my five-minute ride on the moped. Can I ask you something? Yeah. I, d- I just don't believe you. I think you just what? like to look cool in layers. Uh, I think you look cool in layers, and I think you know it. The point was that I had an excuse okay. to wear my layers. <laughs> okay. I, don't think, I don't think that my the, the reason I chose to do it should be on trial here. I <laughs> what, people, what people don't realize is with the Florida humidity, when it gets under about 75, yeah. when, you're on, when you're on a scooter or yeah. motorcycle... It's actually like bone yeah, chilling cold. cold. Yeah, yeah, it hurts. Yeah, I mean, it, again, it's a three minute moped ride. Yeah, but that's but a cold I had, three minutes. But I had a, I had a reason. Yeah, so. it's, it's icy. A, oh, a cold. I thought you meant like it's a cool three but, minutes. 
Oh, it is cool. <laughs> it's pretty cool. So, so I have a travel story. I've been traveling a lot lately, and I haven't mentioned any of the trips and stuff. But la- I went on a really special one the last couple of days. We, we yeah. need, I, I have I have some questions about this based on a Facebook picture, but I'll let you set up the story, then yeah. I'll ask mine. We're all just going to turn our chairs around, and when we decide, we'll just hit the button, turn around, and ask questions. <laughs> so about a month ago, I was I was dropping Cohen off at school, and and I was going to the airport, and. And uh, he said to me, Daddy, when can I go on a trip with you oh, again? Oh, and Aww. the cat's in the cradle and the silver spoon. <laughs> That's a bummer. Totally. And, 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 and last summer, he and I went to Vancouver, and then we've been to New York a couple times. Uh, he's a good little traveler. Colin has traveled a lot for yeah. someone his yeah. age. Like, it, yeah. his buddies would be like, yeah, I went to Ocala camping one time with my dad. <laughs> so uh, I was like, We're, uh, your birthday's coming up. If you could go anywhere in the world, where would you want to go for your birthday if it was a daddy son trip? And he goes, Los Angeles. Oh, what no. in... Aim I, higher, kid. I, I, has, he, has he ever been to Los Angeles? Uh, I mean, when he was an infant, but he doesn't know that. But yeah. Is I, he just because you've been there? And no, just... I, I think it's because of like some kid YouTube videos. Like they go to like... He watched some kid go to Legoland, California oh. and whatever. Oh. And, um, and he just said Los Angeles. And I was like, well... Uh, okay, I mean, uh, so that night I checked and super easy. <laughs> direct flight on Delta. I was able to cash in twenty five thousand miles, and then I got a free companion ticket that was saved up from Amex. And so for eleven dollars, he and I flew out to LA <laughs> yeah. round trip. Let's go! And um, and so we went out there for three days, and. I realized, uh-oh, what do you do with a five-year-old in L.A.? We have Disney. We have Universal. We have Legoland. We have SeaWorld. Like, what else is there? And, and so, he's not going to get, like, pumped up about going to see, like, vinyl, like, vinyl stores yeah, or something like that. Yeah, I can't like that. Yeah, yeah. records. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we went out to Santa Monica Pier and cool. rode the rides out there, and he got cotton candy and did all that. That was fun. And then while we were out there, I realized that that night was the Dodgers-Mets playoff game. Oh, and so I said, you want to go to a baseball game? Neat. And so we stub hub. $35 tickets awesome. and went to Dodger Stadium and so that was pretty That's memorable awesome. yeah. and then yeah. the next day uh, we were invited out to a friend's house who lives beachfront in Malibu so we nice. went out to Malibu and did that and then we had uh, tickets to the taping of The Voice that afternoon but we were, we're friends with uh, the show's creators and so they they knew we were coming and Mark so and Carol Burnett <laughs> and so they arranged for me and Cohen to go and and made sure that it was a memorable experience. And so he got to get his picture taken in the red chair. He was the only one. He was the only kid at the taping. Amazing. So so then Mark comes and uh, Mark Burnett comes and talks to us and meets Cohen and stuff. And Cohen really legitimately watches The Voice. Like he likes the show. He loves yeah. music and stuff. It's really positive. And so we DVR it and he they watches it. They are really it. positive, aren't right. they? I like that. Right. And so he's fan of the most positive person. Team Pharrell, mm-hmm. of course. Yeah. So, uh, Happy. so Mark comes in, you know, saying hi to Cohen, and then he said, Who, "Who's your favorite judge?" And he said, "Pharrell." And he's like telling him why, and he goes, "Does he?" he so he really knows why. Like he gets yeah. it because I was wondering when I saw the picture, like, this is cool, but is this like a thing where? Cohen's going to realize in 10 years this was cool or right now this is cool. Oh, yeah. he loves the song Happy. Cool. He, I mean, because Despicable Me soundtrack was done by Pharrell. Oh, yeah. Right, so, yeah. like, he knows his music, parts of his music. Yeah. Big and fan he, of hats. Yeah. Right. And hats. so, and so Mark goes, just spontaneously, he goes, come with me. Let's do it. And we went back and met all the cast. Mm. And then, you know, so Adam's there and whatever, and Cohen's not impressed. Right. You know? <laughs> and then Pharrell comes around the corner, and my little five-year-old got legit starstruck. Yeah. He just, like, kind of freezes. Like, <gasps> and he looks at me like, 
that's him. And Mark takes him over and introduces him to uh-huh. Pharrell. And Pharrell was so kind to Cohen. Yeah. And he was like, buddy, dude, your glasses are so cool. Yeah. And like all this stuff. And like Cohen is like floating at this <laughs> point. I was going to say, well, that coming from a fashion comment coming from Pharrell. Yeah. Is right. You, you can tell that story for the rest of your life. Yeah. yeah. And, and Cohen's like saying to Mark, like, it's a cool little kid. You know, yeah, like yeah. it was really cool. And like, and Cohen, and we go back to our seats or whatever. And he's like, He's just saying to me like, "Dad, I met the mm-hmm. I met Pharrell in person." Yeah. Like, I mean, he totally got like yeah. the moment. Right. And then we watched the taping. It's it was the blind auditions for next spring. So what wow. we saw will air in like early March. Oh. Um, and um, so you filmed it on your phone and then tweeted it. Yeah. Oh yeah, I was periscoping the whole thing. <laughs> Obviously, um, it was it was an amazing night. And as we were walking to the car in the parking garage at Universal, I, I kid you not, he goes, "Daddy." Today was the best day of my life. Oh my gosh. I just wanted to melt. I mean, I'm like, oh my gosh. In LA, no less. Yeah. Yeah. And then the next day, we swam and came home. You know, I mean, that, you know, we got on a plane and came home. And, and, and I I was just like, I love making memories. I love that kind of stuff. And this was like exceeded everything times a thousand. That's cool. And then somebody said on Facebook, uh, what do you do for his next birthday? <laughs> and I came crashing back down. Because I don't know. Yeah. How do you... I don't, I don't I have, know. Yeah, you've contacted Richard Branson and you're going to space. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, moving the show along, it's time for... In case you missed it. This is where we look back at the week of what happened in culture and entertainment. Eddie, you've missed a lot. I missed a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so we're only going to recap the last seven days. you got a month to, to catch up on. Oh, boy. Go listen to the last shows. They're all on there. Great. Uh, Katy Perry. It was. It kind of broke the internet this week, or yeah. the Christian internet, that uh, Katy Perry was uh, a backup singer on a POD song back in the day. Uh, yes. And, and like there was video evidence of yeah. her in the music video, stuff like that. And everybody was calling her a backup singer. Singer. Now, you remember, this is the era when Katy Perry was actually Katy Hudson, mm-hmm. the Christian CCM pop star. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, so this was her being kind of edgy, doing something with POD, you know. Dating Matt Thiessen from Reliant K. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ah, so she was like really in this world. Very much. Oh, yeah. yeah. Her parents are like... Pastors. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Pastors. That's really something hard. Yeah, she's all up in it. Um, but but it was making the rounds that she was a she was a background singer. Yeah. And POD went to their Facebook page this week to set the record straight. Oh, yeah. She was not a background singer. Uh, they said, this is what they said. She was a female vocalist on mm-hmm. the track. Ooh. Okay. Singing in the background. Yeah. yeah. This is what they said. Uh, they said, this is revisionist history and oh. disrespectful to our girl, Katie, who was Whoa. never, all caps, a backup singer. Singer. We invited her to participate on our record as she was and still is one of the few pop artists with strong musicianship roots. She paid her dues not as a backup singer, but in a van going town to town. This is the problem with music journalism today. Shabby reporting, no research, no history. Oh, settle down, P.O.D. I am so glad you brought this up. Thank you. <laughs> because I got to get something off my chest. Because early in the news cycle... I too wrote a tweet and identified her as a, a you know, because there was a technical term in music for someone singing BBGs. You know, uh, uh, Jeremiah, you're in the, you, you've recorded albums. Sure, we call them BGVs, but yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah, BGVs. <laughs> I call background B- vocal. I call yeah, them, back I call vocal grounds. I call them BVDs. Yeah. BGVs. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, or BBD, the East yeah. Coast family. Oh, good one. Oh, I was nice. trying to get to it. Great. <laughs> but so, like, a background vocalist is a thing. It's not like a disparaging term. It's not. Because if you watch the music video, she's standing in the background, and she's providing background vocals. vocals. Right. right. And, and, and the thing is, like, 
look, I'm not trying to bash POD here, but if anyone's guilty of a revisionist history here, they're on that album. They actually list on like because I I was curious about how they listed her on the track. There are like tracks that show that this is a song featuring like you know whoever modest yahoo or whoever but they don't like list her as someone who's (laughs) featured on the track she's literally providing background vocals so it seemed like they were taking it weirdly personal and well and two this this is you know all all press is good press because who's talking about pod otherwise so only pod you know (laughs) here's a clip of the the song dispute you can judge for yourself whether or not she's a female vocalist or a backup singer here here's a clip Yeah, that's mm, praise that, him. That's not yeah. background. That's that, kind of featured. Have Have you the song "Give Me Shelter"? Yeah, I was just about to bring that up. Perfect example, Jesse. Those are background <laughs> vocals. Am it, I right? Yes, yes, but they define the song. Yeah, but but what I'm saying is, like, technically, she's singing background. They acted like it, we were like disparaging, besmirching Katie Hudson. But, you right. know, I mean, it's an integral portion of the song, but it's the background vocals. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Thanks for insulting every other background vocalist by being super offended yeah. that we called her that. Yeah. yeah. Well, and also, they, I felt bad because I watched their state. They issued a video with their statement. Really? And, and during like, we're the back, video, guys. We're back. they were really upset about this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like, and in the video, they said, they said, we're POD. By the way, we're still a band. <laughs> they literally said that. No. And that's when I was like, you know what? I'm not going to like it. I'm not going to like get mad about this. They, they, obviously, they're aware of the situation. Yeah. Maybe, like you said, Cameron, they're just drumming. They're getting all the mileage out of this they oh, can, yeah. so good for them. They're, yeah. they're trying to be make it a thing because they want people to pay. <laughs> the weirdest controversy ever they're trying to create. But hey, th- we're talking about it. So. They've had more people come to their Facebook page this past week than in the last right. 15 years. Oh, so. my God. Yeah. Well, yeah. Facebook didn't exist when they were when they were banned the first yeah, time. Yeah, we just oh, did true. more POD talk huh. on this show than we have in the first ten years combined. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's true. A tragedy. Uh, I, a I have tragedy. some POD stories, but I can't share them on the air. Can you share one of the worst ones on the air? No, I only <laughs> I actually only I actually have one, oh. but I I can't share it. Mm-hmm. No, it's really too we, we're filling in the blanks. We know what happened. Yep. Yeah, uh, we de- got it. Depending on how self aware Ryan Seacrest actually is, and I think he's not very. Right. Uh, this could either be an interesting idea or a painfully bad one. According to Variety, uh, Seacrest is producing a new comedy series for CBS about a group of 20-somethings, quote, at a pivotal life moment when their friends were at a crossroads, either balancing marriage and mortgages mm-hmm. or margaritas. It's a show called Squad Goals, and it's coming. It's a comedy coming out. It's like the anti-friends. Bummer. Uh, instead of sitting around like uh, young adult besties who just hang out all the time, oh. the series is about young, quote, uh, friends who met in college and realized it's time to finally grow up. Sounds like squad. a squad. Squad goals. Can we talk, like though, about the most offensive part of that is that margaritas would be the choice of what they're balancing. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I know it starts with an M, but could we not have thought of anything Malbec. other than... Yeah, really Malbec. anything. Just yeah. Right. Marijuana, right? Yeah. All of that would have made more sense. But does the fact that Ryan Seacrest and and again, I'm not I'm not talking bad or saying that he's not the cool one. Right. In You're nice to everybody. We Jesse. got edgy we Jesse on the show today. But I'm yeah. just saying, wait, is it if there isn't a degree of irony? Of of you know Ryan Seacrest d- making a show called Squad Goals. That's why like I feel like this could be embarrassing to watch. 
Yeah. Because it, it, I, I feel like Ryan Seacrest making a show called Squad Goals, it, it was basically like an uncool person's think tank. And they were just like going on Twitter and, and finding random hashtags and coming up with sitcom ideas based on those hashtags. Yeah, the only time I've heard anybody use the term Squad Goals is ironically. Like they they put a picture on Instagram of like a pack of dogs. Yes, and like I squad have done goals. this exact thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's like kind of tongue, it's totally tongue in cheek. Nobody yeah. would actually say Squad Goals yeah. or yeah. say this is my squad. You know? even fully understand understand squad is it just like your friends you and your boys yeah Yeah. so my squad is just like me and a book yeah and a cup of coffee (laughs) and your girls yeah Yeah. and your margaritas and my mojitos 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 are great between, I would have been less offended by mojitos. Between Why? marriage and mortgages, or mojitos, margaritas, marijuana, and Malbec. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some of them all been fine. Curiously absent from your list, mimosas. Oh, <laughs> another good one. The most undignified drink you can order. Yeah, put a picture on uh, Instagram of a mimosa with the hashtag squad goals, and you've got Ryan Seacrest's new show. Yeah. Oh, we got that's green. That's greenlit. <laughs> This was really cool. Uh, I I don't know if you saw last week. Well, in case you missed it, Oprah Winfrey uh, went on Stephen Colbert's The Late Show to promote her new series uh, called Belief, which Shauna talked about on the show last week. Yeah. Said it was really amazing. It's exploring religion. Two weeks ago. Yeah. They got talking about their favorite Bible verses. Oh, Uh, Oh, I didn't. A lot of people know Colbert's a devout Catholic, Mm -hmm. and uh, Oprah discussed her passion for the scriptures and how she was labeled a preacher girl as a child. Colbert said that his favorite verse is Matthew 6, 27, and then Oprah explained why Psalms 37, 4 means the most to her, relating it to uh, philosophies like karma and the third law of motion. Here's a clip of their conversation. Do you have a favorite uh, passage from the Bible? Yes, I do. Do you? I do. Okay, let's hear yours. Um, uh, so I like it. Mine's from Matthew. I like it because uh, Jesus says, uh, So I say to you, do not worry, for who among you by worrying could change a hair on his head or add a cubit to the span of his life? What I like about it is that it's, it's a commandment to not worry. And I'll go with that. I'll go with that. I, love that. I can't live it. I can't do it. Yeah. But I like that. It's not like, it's not like you know, try not to worry. So I say to you, do not worry. Ooh, I yeah. love that. So if you worry, you're being disobedient. That's right. <laughs> you worry, you're sinning. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So how about you? Okay, mine is uh, Psalms 37.4. Delight thyself. Oh. I love the word delight, don't you? And I'm so... Hey, now. So Mimosas. <laughs> um, oh, de- David was into delighting himself. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, how about these stories? No, wait, 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 wait. Well, yeah. Delight thyself in the Lord. He will give you the desires of your heart. Now, what that says to me, Lord has a wide range. What is Lord? Compassion, love, forgiveness, kindness. So you delight yourself in those virtues where the character of the Lord is revealed. Delight thyself in goodness. Delight thyself in love, kindness, and compassion. And you will receive the desires of your heart. Oh, All right, Oprah, come down. Yeah. Yeah. It says, it says to me, if you, if, you, if you focus on being a force for good, then mm-hmm. goodness will come, which is also the third law of motion, which is also the uh, karma, which is also the golden rule. Which is also the secret. All that book, The Secret, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's Cold amazing. Man. Yeah. I, I also like, just from a, uh, a hosting standpoint, like he asks a question and Oprah decides whether she'll answer it and counter asks a question and then runs the interview. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was just like, I will be but Oprah. You're saying and that and Oprah can never not be in 
host mode. She will always <laughs> right. host a thing. She <laughs> yeah. will sit down. Be at, I mean, this but by the way, so someone when we posted uh, uh, that clip, someone got mad. They're like, hey, "That's so disrespectful, of Stephen Colbert, to, to make fun of the word delight to say something bad about David." I'm like, oh. I want to be like, get mad at David. He's the one who had the affair with Bathsheba and <laughs> set up the punchline for Colbert. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. Don't get mad at Colbert. Get mad at David, if anyone in this situation. <laughs> <laughs> JJ Abrams and Cameron Crowe are making a show about concert roadies on uh, Showtime. Uh, Cameron Crowe uh, famously did uh, Almost Famous. Mm-hmm. So almost famously, he did Almost Famous. <laughs> uh, Say Anything, Jerry Maguire. He did the documentary Pearl, Pearl Jam 20. Um, he's going to write and direct most of the episodes. Um, Man, I don't know. What? Uh, according to Variety, actor Luke Wilson has st- signed on to star. Luke Wilson. And uh, about the tour roadies for an arena rock group. Uh, Crow said, Showtime has a great track record with music-based projects, and they've been wonderful partners. The actors are also passionate about music, too, and the whole show has a feeling of stories and music shared between friends. I heard uh, like an audible groan coming from Eddie when, yeah. when, when Cameron said Cameron Crow and J.J. Abrams, which look, I feel like you you cannot like either of them, right? You can be someone who's like, man, Lost was totally botched. They, they strung us along. I, I don't like that he's doing Star Wars and Star Trek. Or you cannot like Cameron Crowe mm-hmm. for whatever reasons people don't like Cameron Crowe, which we talked about before. But do you have something against both of them, Eddie? No, 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 no. I think J.J. Abrams is great. And I think that's the reason why I'll you watch, Cameron I'll watch too the schmaltzy. I do, man. I actually watched Jerry Maguire on the, on the plane, and it does not hold up. And nor does. I, I mean, so. Almost Famous is still awesome, but it is definitely dating. Like, I yeah, just yeah. think Cameron Crowe has written his best work, you know. And then, but, I, but I, you don't think this form? You don't think the TV format with 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 a legitimate like, Luke Wilson? I think Luke Wilson's awesome, and J.J. Abrams is awesome. But yeah, TV and that's is what I'm hard. Saying. Maybe if Cameron Crowe's doing the TV thing, and he's outside of like, because I feel like Cameron Crowe's problem is these ambitious. He has too much for like a three act structure. He always tried to jam in like three extra plot lines that don't maybe need that's to be a good there. Point. You know his his Hawaii movie. The one Aloha. with Cooper, oh, that yeah. one. Yeah. I was uh, watching it on a plane mm-hmm. about 15 minutes in. It's just stopped. It's not good. It's just not stopped. Good it just was like yeah. clearly trying too hard, going nowhere. It was boring. Yeah, I think he's good. got it in him, but it has just been a while since there has been anything yeah. compelling. Well, maybe J.J. Like Abrams will bring Iron Sharpens Iron, you know? That's yeah. a good one. Maybe his iron is dull. <laughs> maybe. Maybe that's what he needs. He no. needs a little J.J. Abrams. Iron deficiency. I'll watch it. There's a lot of rock and roll shows coming out. Vinyl on uh, the HBO shows coming out. Like, there's oh, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a bunch of like those rock theme shows, which well, could be a awesome. Well, a lot of, you know, people like in their 50s and 60s now. They're getting nostalgic to when they were cool and enjoyed life, and yeah. they're making <laughs> stuff about the old days. Or yeah. kind of us, right? I mean, like right. in our 30s-ish. <laughs> well, it's it's kind of like in the 80s. They were making shows about the 50s. Yeah. You know, like uh, Happy Days and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Just think about what these, you know, margarita chugging twenty somethings are going to want to watch. Margarita, just bar, just down in Bartles and James all day and just <laughs> doing what they do. All yeah. right, that, that'll do it for. In case you missed it. Uh, time for entertainment releases. Music coming out on Friday, October 30th. The spectacular <laughs> releases. El <laughs> Vi uh, is coming out with Return to the Moon. I think it's inspired by The Martian, yep. but less ambitious. <laughs> Uh, the neighborhood with an extra U in there. They're British. Uh, they're not British. They're from they're from uh, L.A. Yeah, they're from the LA. valley, and they spell it all Britishy. Oh, why? <laughs> yeah, I hate that. Uh, they're coming out with "Wiped Out." I think it's a mm-hmm. Southern California reference. Uh, Lights go down. It's coming out with "We Kept It Alive." 
I don't want to know the backstory to that. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Uh, Vocal Few is coming out with The Dream Alive. I think Katy Perry is in this one. Don't, don't call her background, though. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and lastly, The Chills is coming out with Silver Bullets. Is that with an S at the end of Chills uh, or Z? <laughs> uh, just an S. Uh, Silver Bullets. It's the official soundtrack to Coors Light. Oh. oh. Yeah. Coors yeah. Light. The yeah. drink of millennials. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing says squad goals like <laughs> the Silver Bullet. <laughs> <laughs> Movies coming out on the same day. Our brand is Crisis. Uh, the one, to, the Bolivian presidential candidate, oh, and then Sandra yeah, yeah, Bullock yeah, yeah, comes yeah. in, and Billy Bob Thornton's her antithesis <laughs> or anti whatever they are. Yeah, early two thousands called in with their casting back. Next oh. movie, <laughs> <laughs> burnt. <laughs> uh, Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse is also coming out. Oh. No, ca- thank you. In case you don't have any friends and don't have plans on Halloween, you can go see that. Eddie, is there a Scout's Guide to that? Can't talk about it. Oh, okay. Great. Not with an outsider. <laughs> I was a Boy Scout. I was a Cub Scout. I was a Cub Scout. You were uh, a Cub Scout? Yeah, I got kicked out. <laughs> that's All right, cute. I'll share the book with you. Okay. That's good enough. Why did you get kicked out of the Cub Scout? Stealing Scouts? money from McDonald's? <laughs> Too many layers? No, close. I, I came. I went to a camping trip uh, and I brought a knife, a Bowie knife my granddad gave me. I didn't have my wood chippers card. So they kicked me what? out. You have to have a card to carry a knife. No, I was also homeschooled, so I think they were looking for an excuse. I think they were like, this kid is ruining our vibe. He can't I was eat- also homeschooled and really weird. And yeah. so- like he can't even read on a third grade level. Yeah, he's like, he's ruining our squad goals. Uh, <laughs> squad goals. <laughs> he keeps bringing mimosas. Yeah, he, he brought a margarita blender. <laughs> a, a knife for to cut up the limes. Yeah. Yeah. Margarita. We just called and, uh, back the whole show. Yeah. That was really something. <laughs> All right, well, that'll do it for your travel recaps uh, in case you missed it and, and releases stay tuned up next slices Listening to Parlor Tricks. The song is Requiem. And Parlor spelled with an extra U too. It's like the British invasion. I of think that's language. right though, isn't it? Parlor? <laughs> isn't it always spelled with that? Well, the boudoir parlor is just <laughs> O R in America. Every word you're oh. saying is making me laugh, and I don't know. <laughs> parlor. Uh, at the beginning of the podcast here at Bournes with the line through the O uh, with Fool. Great artist. Great debut album. Yeah. Really excited about Bournes. Uh, oddly, I thought he was a woman until, so I, I. until I saw the ad. Electric yeah. I, I had no idea where that was coming from. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> it's like the dude in the Macklemore song. I thought that... Foxy Shazam. Is that yeah. his name? I, the, the guy I, that inspired uh, Jeremiah's outfit today. Yep. Yep. <laughs> well done, Jeremiah. And, and my voice from that bit uh-huh. I just did. That's perfect. All right, time for slices. What do you have, Jesse? All right, well, because this was the spooktacular edition, I wanted to bring something a little creepy. The monster um, mash. So you have a, a week a week to let this marinate and what? just really, oh. you know, sink in as your lead up to Halloween. <laughs> so the the Kepler 
Space Telescope has been looking around outer space at, at galaxies to try to find, you know, basically uh, a different anomalies out in outer space. But they're, they're bringing in so much data. Nerd. <laughs> Keep going, nerd. nerd. You said space. He said data. Oh, That's who it. cares? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, he's over here drinking mimosas. It's, he's getting a, little, getting a little loose. All right, so so much data is coming in. Then what happens, nerd? <laughs> so so much. It's bringing in so many images. Yeah. Outer space that uh, they've actually released a lot of it to the public and asked different uh, groups to volunteer to kind of look through it. So a, a group that's led by a, a actual a, a Yale scientist has been combing through the data and they found this weird anomaly in a galaxy like it's it's not that far in in space terms like fifteen hundred light years away. Whoa, that's like next door. That's about as far as Jeremiah lives from the office. Yeah. <laughs> it's a distance that if we were to travel there by moped, we want to layer up. <laughs> but we, we could wear acceptable things under the first. So we would look like a hobo coming into work, Jeremiah. <laughs> so, so what they found is basically when they, when they look at, at, at uh, stars this far away, they, they look at how light is shown in the, in, the, in the telescope to determine what is orbiting around this star. Well, they found something that's so unnatural that uh, a, a pattern going around a star, that it can't be a planet, it can't be a comet or space dust. They're saying, well, some scientists are theorizing that the only thing that makes sense to them at this point is it's some sort of alien superstructure what? that has been built around the star to absorb this energy. What? That's Obviously, this is only a theory at this point, and they're going to actually do more research into what this is in January when they can get uh, samples back of like radioactive data. But right now, there's nothing that makes sense that would be orbiting around a star in this particular pattern. Jesse, can I ask a science question? Yeah, do it. So how how far this is this away? Fifteen hundred light years, is that right? Yeah. Which means that what we're seeing now actually existed. At, we're looking at fifteen hundred years ago, correct? Yeah, exactly. So whatever whatever possibly built. Yeah. Us. Oh, that blows my mind every time I. So think this about is it. like <laughs> observable time travel. Yeah, because it's already happened. It happened. Yeah. yeah, it happened fifteen hundred years ago. Yeah. So, but but if this was some sort of advanced civilization that built something around a star, they would be far. This is fifteen hundred years ago in their past, so their technology would be even more advanced. So it sounds a little crazy, and unless, obviously, unless they devolve instead of evolve, right? Oh, we're just assuming yeah. that they're on the same trajectory as us. Yeah, they might right. be getting dumber every year. <laughs> yeah, it could be Benjamin Button aliens. Oh, that's right. Like right, they're already gone. Button aliens. <laughs> Tiny wrinkly, sweet little guys. So, so you're saying they're very. So you're saying that this star structure, that's 1500 light years away, is inhabited by very old-looking babies, baby yes. aliens, uh-huh. old baby aliens. Yeah. Yeah. Little, little well, we've got nothing to be concerned about that. No, it's the most adorable invasion ever. Yeah. Well, well, if this wasn't scary enough, uh, Slate actually released drone footage taken by a news crew in China Whoa. that showed that in. China China, they're actually building a telescope right now that's 500 meters uh, large. So that's like five football fields. Wow. It's like no, uh, carved into the side of a mountain. That's yard, 100 yards. 
<laughs> meters are similar, but not the same. Well, I, uh, uh, roundabout. Okay. Yeah, generally, five. like five roundabout. Po- those things they have in England to right. turn around, like right. five polo fields. Yeah. So it's fifteen <laughs> roundabouts long. Yeah, imagine a bunch of cricket patches. That's what they call them. Yeah, five of them. I think so. And now make that into a telescope. Yeah. Yeah. Put that in telescope. Push it out with baby aliens, and now you're, now you're tracking. Science, man. Science blows no, my no. mind. So in China, they've etched out this out of the side of the mountain this huge telescope that costs two hundred million dollars, and it's only the only function that it's going to serve is to look for uh, intelligent life in outer space. So China is so concerned about all of this that they're sinking two hundred million dollars to build a telescope Ooh. to try to communicate with whatever may or may not be out there. Happy spectacular week, everyone! Can, can I say that two hundred million isn't that much in the NASA budget scheme of things? I mean, we're talking trillions and billions. And I think it's like, Chinese, it's wholesale, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremiah. It's Jeremiah Dunlop. That was Jeremiah. Wow. That is they're going to sell us that telescope right, for, for $2 trillion. It's going to break right away. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse. Oh, man, it's cheap. Jesse, Jesse okay. You can make fun of me for this, and it's really okay, but this is a question I don't understand the answer to. So if okay. you're looking in that telescope, and you're looking at this thing that's 1,500 light years away... Okay, are you actually you so say you're seeing closer to it? Are you seeing earlier in time as well, or is it still fifteen hundred <laughs> light years away? You're just seeing it bigger. The light has to hit the glass on the telescope the same, so it's, it's oh, when so it reaches even, Earth. So the only way to get it closer would actually well, well, be the to telescope's do, in space. Well, regardless, I it mean, is. I thought it was on the side of a mountain. <laughs> That's a different <laughs> no, telescope. No, no, no. The, the Kepler our telescope is shooting through space right yeah, now. Yeah, but still, and it's only going to be like a couple okay, light years no, away. No, the light still has to hit the lens. So yeah. no matter how far you could look, right. even if you could have a telescope scope that's right on it that v- picture is still 1500 years away right <laughs> thanks man i wasn't gonna sleep tonight <laughs> hold on well and and the universe is like expanding so okay. things are getting further and further away yep because of the big bang jesse <laughs> just answer it you didn't say it <laughs> <laughs> i have a th- i have a theory that when they turn on the telescope they're gonna see the exact same telescope looking back at them and then we'll just know it's a mirror universe right another relevant you, I podcast think you cracked it yep well that's 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 the surface of heaven it's reflective so uh-huh. heaven is actually like a mirrored surface, so it looks like it's infinite, but heaven's sitting there, and so we're just looking at a big mirror, and it's, that's Illusions, why we see ourselves. Michael. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do the rest of the quote, can I? Wow, Jesse, that was really interesting. Yeah, I, ner- I made sounded, fun of you at first, but that sound, was cool. And it sounded like you weren't you were being sarcastic, but I think you were being no, no, no. It was, wow, Jesse, well, that well, was my, cool. My, my goal here, Eddie, was not to, you know inspire all and wonder in the audience it's a terror it's it's terror yeah this is this is halloween week you out the the if if there's an alien spacecraft out there it's got it in for us we already know that we're but it's already the bear at it's, this point. It, no but it's not already here because it would still be i understand the light year time thing uh, messes with me but there may be a spacecraft on the way we just can't see right. it yet or it came like a thousand years ago and built the pyramids whenever the pyramids <laughs> were <laughs> that too yeah Phew. What Boy. do you have, Eddie? Wow. I have a blown mind is what I have. Um, <laughs> I brought a slice to counter some of my uh, bad PR that I've gotten lately mm. as, oh. as edgy Eddie. I brought a slice that I just think is great, and I totally yeah. agree with it. And what a positive, uplifting story. You're so, wearing a black t-shirt, so I think you're being sarcastic. <laughs> you will never know. Um, in Concord, Massachusetts, 
which is about like maybe a half a light here from here, Concord, <laughs> Massachusetts. <laughs> the police department has started five it, football fields, five cricket <laughs> patches too, away. Too far to moped. I don't uh, think it's called cricket patches, is it? Yeah, I'm sure it is. It's, it's seven layers fake. away. That's how that's how Jeremiah measures things. <laughs> how many layers does he need to wear to comfortably travel there? <laughs> um, so the Concord Police Department has started issuing a new kind of citation, and it is a citation for good behavior. They could include such things as wearing your seatbelt or wearing your helmet or using the crosswalk or looking both ways before crossing a street. So the police department has now been uh, deputized to issue positive citations. So they are actually going to pull people over and give them positive citations. You're on your way to the airport. Yeah. You need to make your flight. Yeah, and you're in a and hurry. you're pulled over and he's like, good job wearing your seatbelt. I would want to punch him. Yeah, does it come with like a gift card to Sizzler or anything? <laughs> and, like, is and, it- and this is the end of the slice and really why it's such a good thing because then you can take that good citation and you can redeem it at Wade Rubenstein, <laughs> one of the great ice cream places of Concord, Mass. <laughs> And they will give you a free double scoop. So in Concord, Massachusetts, you can get pulled over for being an awesome person, redeem it for a double scoop. I just want to say that's what America's about. And I'm um I really think that that's great. That's not uh, overreaching government role. At oh all. yeah. No. It's not like a gigantic waste of time and it's Resources, not like yeah, 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 tax dollars going re- to give random seatbelt wearers mm-hmm. ice cream. Yeah, and it's <laughs> probably not gonna dissuade people from doing the wrong things. And, <laughs> but no, I think it's a great thing. And who doesn't want some ice cream for wearing in their seatbelt. Yeah, know. well, uh, Massachusetts, which is cold ten months a year, right. I would think uh, ice cream is not you know favorably looked upon or maybe desired a, in February. I think a cup of coffee or a hot chocolate may right. have been a little nope. bit more. And why don't they just give you the ice cream? Why why, why don't you just cut out the middleman? Why a gift card? Also, like if I get pulled over, if I get pulled over and someone gives me ice cream, I'm not going to be upset. Have to be if someone gives by me an a ice gift cream card, truck. they're giving me an also, errand at that. Point. What I know about the Massachusetts people is they're a little big boned. Yeah. So maybe what they shouldn't be doing is <laughs> handing out Ooh. more caloric wow. intake. You're being edgy today, Cameron. Yeah, that was a hot You're take. Edgy Cameron. edgy Cameron. I'm just saying. I mean, maybe they should. Here's here's a nice uh, here's a salad bar gift certificate. Mm-hmm. Uh, salad bar though, silent killer with all that blue cheese. You don't even want to get started on a salad oh. bar. Yeah. You know, you know you know where they're going straight. They're going straight for the pudding right at the end. Oh my god. <laughs> hey, uh, hey man, oh my that's god. a great point. Why is there always two kinds of pudding at the end of a salad bar? And like little bowls. Well, How was that not always considered a dessert? Because the salad bar was invented in Massachusetts. And to them, <laughs> Ask not what you can do for, <laughs> as far as I can get. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> we'll keep working on it. Keep going. Like, even if you just ate a salad, you're like, you know, I'm going to reward myself with a little dessert here. I just ate nothing but 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 greens. Yeah. Why pudding? Who over the age of 12 eats yeah. chocolate pudding? Chocolate like, pudding and jello. still put that in the salad uh, bar? Dude. It's an incredible point. People over the age of 80. So it's like that. Right. There's just like, side, but it's side. when teeth aren't really <laughs> yeah. like the right. primary source. The people of, who can't have the cucumber and carrots and things that a salad yeah, bar some soft is entailed. No, maybe that's it though. What? Is that there are a lot of elderly folks that maybe go to a salad bar and mm-hmm. so they want to have a non- like crouton but option for them. they're not going to pay fourteen ninety nine to have a <laughs> bowl of pudding. Unlimited amount. <laughs> <laughs> I can go buy instant pudding for like a dollar. Yeah. So you're telling me, yeah, I got to, uh, yeah. I have to go to the root. I have to get the quesadilla, the soda, and so I can get the salad bar thing. So I can fill that up just to get the end, so I can get pudding. Yeah. 
it doesn't something doesn't add <laughs> something up here. Something add up here. I, I I was at a Jason's Deli one time, sitting at my table. Oh, that place. Watching a lady at the salad bar. Uh, no lie, she scoops the the chocolate pudding onto her plate. Mm-hmm. A little a little sweet treat at the end of her salad. Yeah, and uh, does another scoop. She's standing there. She's the only one at the bar, and. Uh, she kind of takes the finger, <gasps> dips, it, no, no, no. dips it in the pudding. God, God, uh, burn that place down. And, then, and then, then licked it off her finger, looked God. around, did it no! again. I can, barely, I can barely listen to this podcast. Uh, she I, stood there for four, uh, like three or four minutes doing this, eating the pudding with her hand oh right my, out of the bowl. And no one stopped her? Hold on. Another customer you, was so disgusted, went walked right up to her and go, said, you know, like told her off and then went and got the manager. The oh, only no. thing you can do is burn that Jason's down. No one can ever oh be clean God. there. Nothing is clean. Yeah, I've never, I just, exactly. We were all just at gas. Like, what is going through her head? If that person, that person is a true sociopath. Eating like, pudding. they do not care about the rules of society. Like, why don't they just stick their whole elbow in there? Oh she, she's wearing like five jackets. She, she looked like a. She had written there on a the real, A real Jeremiah type is oh. what you're saying. This was so funny until just now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What do you have, Tiffany? Well, I also have a space slice. Nerd. Yeah. Or, or I'm a spark. 15,000 light years away. <laughs> no, no, no. Approximately. <laughs> this, one, this one, though. NASA released a report. Um, it's an ambitious plan sending astronauts to live on Mars by 2030 or in the years of 2030s that decade wow the matt damon years yes (laughs) the matt damon years is what they're calling it so um they're talking they talk about in the plan they give a detailed report of their basically their to-do list for the next let's do simple math real quick next (laughs) 20 years they let you do it on your own could also be 15 15. years public math though is the worst thing in the 2030s yeah so it could be number one figure out how to live on Mars. <laughs> right. So it's uh, <laughs> yeah. number 2, pack sandwiches. Got to eat something up there. Right. Number 3, seven layers at least. Yeah. Seven layers at least. Right. Like a bean dip, yeah. like a beautiful bean dip. That's um, what that, that's what Jeremiah remind me of when he walked into work this morning, a beautiful bean dip. Well, you call now me that's, homeless. <laughs> that's way less mean than homeless. Now that's something to think about, well, right? Well, eat beans right out of the can. Yeah. True. Hold on. How far is Mars in light years from uh, Jesse? America? I don't, I don't think it's. I don't think it's any light years. No, away. it's a couple I months. Couple, we we yeah. see the light pretty pretty immediately. Yeah. So yeah. they would technically get the light from Jesse's slice quicker, but it would be just minuscule compared to us. Right. Exactly. So right. it's not like they could be a warning system. I'm trying to figure out what's the point. Who can tell us ahead of time that they're on the way, but that we would still get it, but it couldn't go faster than light. I got it. Continue on. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I wasn't confused about anything until you started talking. Just but now. An, is there anything faster than light? Is what I'm saying. No, I don't think it's. I I, I don't think it's possible to travel faster. All right, nerd. Yeah. Continue really on. Pretty. So they got a checklist so going for going have, to Mars. Yeah, they have a to-do list. They have the vessel they'll be taking, and then the mission requires relocating an asteroid. First, so they like detail that plan. But that's well, like the easy ben part. Ben Affleck did easy, that. Easy, easy. Yeah, we, yeah. we should let NASA know that Ben Affleck had that covered. We got a ragtag group of oil drillers. Right. Yeah, and then uh, the challenges of actually landing. So it details that and how they're going to overcome that. Isn't this just every space journey and, so far? Yeah, but it's a thirty-six page report of how we're going to live, or astronauts seems, are going to live on Mars. Seems a bit thin for right. the, that entire thing. Like thirty-six was, pages. You know, I thought about that while I was reading school, it just now. Uh, <laughs> school assignments in middle school more complex than this. Oh, like, there's just it. a single memo that's just like how to move that asteroid. And it's just <laughs> like, I'm picturing, what I'm picturing is like the dude that was assigned this project of like 
writing the plan to live on Mars 15 years in the future. And he's like, this is never going to happen, so why waste well, my no, time I on think, it? I think he totally forgot right. that they assigned that to him. <laughs> he was like, all nighter last night. <laughs> was like, you know, right. just typing away uh, to, up until like this right. morning when he like, shot the email. He's like, all right, how much did I get? 36 pages. They're not going to know that I waited to the last minute. Double space it. They'll never know. I mean, I put I put a page in there about commandeering an asteroid. They're not going to question this. Which is just fly to asteroid and then like fingers crossed and then a thumbs up. And that's like, no, all right, literally, got it. literally, I picture him. It, he's had a long weekend. This guy at NASA, he kicked back, turned on some football last night and he heard his phone like it like a, a notification. He's like, huh, a calendar notification. I must have said this a while ago. Mars meeting tomorrow. <laughs> Plan for Mars. Do. <laughs> Mars report due 9 a.m. Yeah. I think I think on Sunday night he was watching Project Greenlight with Matt and Ben and he got him hey, man man I really like their movies let me put on a couple Ben Affleck movies oh, yeah. I think it got to be about one or two in the morning he's pretty deep in on some of his Ben Gilly. Affleck stuff and then and then the alert comes up yeah, yeah. and yeah. then he's like he's Uh-oh. just subconsciously drawing from all the movies, from all the movies. Yeah. he puts together Armageddon and the Martian and he's like oh no I gotta figure something out this yeah this plan, is yeah. not good last yeah. page how do you like them apples <laughs> 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 it, it's like, around like 4.30 he has a brilliant idea because it's <laughs> at that point after all his work he's, he's only got four pages he's like you know I'm gonna triple space this uh-huh. thing and bring the margins in yeah. I, I yeah. can get this thing to 36 three, mar- <laughs> three margaritas in he's on yeah. page four he doesn't know what to do oh man yep. they're, they're not gonna know if I double space yeah. <laughs> yeah that's basically it and then it's just the cost why do we go to mars anybody have a good thought well, on that um, well they have water there maybe we can populate in the future maybe we can farm they have there. delicious poop potatoes <laughs> what does that mean so there's that <laughs> it's a martian it's a martian reference. i've only seen you didn't see uh, the rocket man there? that's the only mars movie i've seen elton john no, that's the song. The rock, oh, Rocket Man. The that's a good song. The, the Disney <laughs> comedy, though, is oh, really funny. And I think it's gonna be a long. That, no, are you talking about that? that no. Rocket Man. Is that with Harlan Williams? Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that'll do it for slices. Wow. Stay tuned. Up next, Hillsong Worship. <laughs> The song is Blue Skies. Hillsong Worship uh, obviously is the worship collective that comes from Hillsong Church in Sydney. Their music uh, has spread globally and includes, let's see, here's some of the worship team. Uh, Reuben Morgan, Joel Houston, uh, Ben Fielding, Dave Ware, Annie Garrett, many, many more. Uh, their new album is called Open Heaven, River Wild. And it's the first time the church has recorded an entire album live at their annual conference in Sydney, oh. uh, where, about, where more than 25,000 people were in attendance. Crazy. 
Uh, a couple weeks ago, they were coming through Orlando uh, on their Hillsong Worship Nights tour and stopped by the studio to play a couple songs for and us. You know, it was on background vocals. Katy Perry. Katy Perry. <laughs> yeah. featured, featured vocalist who happens to sing back in the background. But it's not, it's not demeaning. She's going to do a great job, but she's just definitely behind the person singing in the front. By the way, P.O.D.'s still a band. <laughs> <laughs> We're still here, you guys. First Seriously. off, we still exist. Second of all... Yeah, and third of all, uh, we're doing some house shows, so if like you got a living room, we'd love to hang. <laughs> hey, you know, we'll do a couple nights stint, actually, if we can get a warm warm bed. Yeah, I don't know if you guys could just do like one panel lasagna for us. Uh, would be <laughs> we gotta stop. Hillsong. <laughs> On the other end of the spectrum, here is Hillsong Worship. This song's called One Thing. When the guys wrote it, they kept coming back to the idea of how it's human nature to chase after the things of this world and how Jesus is the only sure and steadfast thing that we can hold on to. So the lyrics, because all I know is everything I have means nothing. Jesus, if you're not my one thing, are basically about coming back to a place of surrender, taking our temporary desires and laying them down at the cross, declaring that he is all we want, reminding ourselves of our first love. I tasted the world, see more than enough, its promises fleeting of water and The water of life, the blood of the vine Cause all I know is Everything I have means nothing Jesus, if you're not my one thing Everything I need right now
means nothing Jesus, if you're not my one thing Everything I need right now And all I want is Everything you are and nothing Jesus, if you're not my one thing Everything to me right now And I sing, oh That was Hillsong Worship. You can find out more at hillsong.com slash worship and connect with them on Twitter at Hillsong Worship. Up next, Eric Mason. You're listening to the Helio sequence. The song is Upward Mobility. Like a science thing. Yeah. I think it's about like standing on your own two feet, making money, uh, American dream type stuff. I got it. Yeah. America the best. (laughs) Eric Mason is the co-founder and lead pastor of Epiphany Fellowship in Philadelphia. He's the author of Manhood Restored, How the Gospel Makes Men Whole, and Beat God to the Punch. He's passionate about helping Christians unleash the transformative power of God in their lives as they can learn to be faithful disciples of Jesus. His new book is called Unleashed, and it outlines the process of spiritual growth from the first moments of faith to the last. Here is Eric Mason. So what kind of made you want to write this book, Unleashed? Yeah, I wanted to write the book unleashed because um, I just had a sense over time that people had a very, uh, all of us, uh, wrestle with growing ourselves and then wrestling with the reality of a lack of growth and a lot of people say I struggle with my growth. So really what I wanted to do was write a book that helped lay out the anatomy of how God grows his people and put the, put the responsibility on God in the sense of faith in the Lord, but then also show our responsibility in connecting to the means that God utilizes to grow us. And so 
that's why I, I broke it down like it was. So we could talk about the Holy Spirit's role, the nature of sanctification, the spiritual growth. And then the things that we connect to that act as mechanisms that God graciously utilizes to help us grow in our, our faith and walk in Jesus Christ so that we can be more mature and look like Him. You have a chapter on kind of strongholds, things that hold us back from growing. Can you talk about that a little bit? Absolutely. Yeah, stronghold is a mindset. And so I talk about a mindset. A lot of people think of porn or pride as a stronghold. And, and, and those are symptoms of the stronghold. But the stronghold is what I call unbelieving belief systems, things that we believe that aren't biblical, that are more a part of the matrix of our soul than the Word of God. And so I talk about ways to uproot those. I talk about ways to not only uproot those things, but then also in uprooting them, what do we plant in the place of those things so that those strongholds won't have a stronghold? But, you know, the Bible says in Second Corinthians 10, the weapons of our warfare aren't carnal, but divinely powerful, the destruction of fortresses. And so I, I, I talk a lot about in the, in the book, uh, in that section in particular, about practical ways in which you deal with strongholds and how you uproot those strongholds and how you develop healthy patterns that reflect a commitment to removing anything that's an obstacle from us walking in the might of the gospel in those areas. What would you say to someone who kind of feels discouraged in this, like they feel like they're not growing or they're falling back into old sin habits? Yeah, I think one of the things that the book helps with is is really take the weight of of us believing that we grow ourselves off of us. That's number one. That's what I try to do in the first two chapters. And some people say, well, doesn't that make us irresponsible? No, because God is the author and finisher of our faith. And so he who began a good work and you will complete it. Uh, and so uh, yet you have this tension of God saying, though, receive and grant the word of God, which is able to save your soul. So I've hidden my word in my heart that I might not sin against you. But then on the other side, you have Jesus and John 15 saying, apart from me, you can't do anything. So one of the things that I encourage people to do is I encourage people to begin to take the onus of their growth off of them and put the onus of their growth on the Lord. And in realizing that God is the one who ultimately shapes and works out what he's put in us from a practical standpoint, we begin to practically just connect to those things that God used as mechanisms to release the growth that he's already given to us in Jesus Christ. Second Thessalonians 1, 11 talks about God empowers us with every work of faith with power. So it, it, I, I think that one of the things that I would challenge people to do is um, beginning to align yourself with the things that God utilizes for you to grow. If someone's in an environment where they can't grow, if you got a flower that's in, in, in the dark of the house, it's not in the light, you know what I'm saying? You got to put it in a place where it can grow. And one of the things that I would practically encourage a person is, is are they in the places where they can, are they in the places where God wants to maximize them to be able to spiritually grow the most effectively and best they can? You know, my wife and I were in a ministry job one time and um, it was very, very hard on my wife. And the, and even though I was shepherding her to the best of my ability, she was, she was challenged by a lot of her growth. And the Lord was showing me, based on Ephesians 5, 29, in order to nourish and cherish her, I gotta, I can pour into her all I want to wash her with the water of the Word. But at the end of the day, I have to put her in the environment 
where the effectiveness of the investment has the environment for it to grow. And so that's what I would implore anyone to do is, are you in an environment where, where you can thrive based on the investment of the momentum of you grabbing a hold of those means of grace that God has created for you to be able to grow in every sector of your life. When people read this book, what do you hope they walk away kind of feeling and thinking about? I want them to feel free and responsible at the same time. Um, I, th- I think free to know that God has freely given us the ability to grow. We set up the win. That's the beauty of the book. We set up the win. Uh, you, you, uh, but no team who set up the win doesn't have to get in the game and play. And so that's what I want people to walk away with. I want them to feel free, but responsible, yet not responsible in a way that everything it depends on them, but that God has empowered their responsibility to have a success. All, I mean, it, I mean we, we are guaranteed for success because of what Christ is done for uh, people to walk away with. That was Eric Mason. Check out his new book, Unleashed. It's out now. Listening to the lighthouse and the whaler, as long as I want to feel alive. See, the whale just got impaled by the guy who runs the lighthouse, and uh, this is the song of. It's like a kind of a it's opera. An it's a rock opera. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, and this is the song of the scene where the yeah. the whale is losing its life and it's yeah. like fading from consciousness. And the, the chorus the goes, song is "I want to feel alive." Have you have you guys noticed that there are a lot of extremely elaborate concept albums in indie rock these days? <laughs> <laughs> Very elaborate. Yeah. Uh, when Hillsong came through the studio, they actually recorded a couple songs for us. So we're about to hear the second one. Yeah, they were fantastic. A lot of bands come through and they're like really really great and they really you know do a good job but Hillsong has this way of really reimagining their songs for the environment that they're in. The, I think one of the best performances we've ever had was when United reinterpreted Oceans. Yeah. And it was before Oceans oh, became that's Oceans. Right. Yeah. And yeah. it's got like it that was, was amazing. It was like I think better than the original. Yeah. Uh-oh, and, controversy. <laughs> and and uh, it has like twenty something million views on our YouTube channel. Yeah. I mean it's so phenomenal. But you're right. There's yeah. something about it, the musicianship that they're able to do it one way for the yeah. uh, the arena and one way for the studio. And then they come here and it's like they they strip it down and reinterpret it. And it's crazy. They played the lead single one thing here and that was my 
first time hearing the song. Right. And then that night they had invited the staff to go out and see them uh, where they were playing in Orlando. And they also played the full band, full production version of One Thing. And it was like two completely different songs, both of which... Which one was better? I like the one they played for us better. It's just so intimate. And it's just, it's like you see them singing right to the Lord. You yeah. know, so it's so genuine. And it was really, really incredible just to watch that right happening. Because right if, any, if anything, when I see Hillsong, I'm in a worship concert with Hillsong, I think not genuine. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's good to see them finally. Finally. Genuine. Right. Finally. Yeah. All right. Here, here is uh, Hillsong Worship. This next song is called Cornerstone, and it's about Christ being our unshakable hope that, you know, no matter what comes against us, no matter what we're facing in life, you know, reality is we all face um, circumstances and trials and things that are out of our control and that we've got to deal with. But the Bible teaches us that Christ our cornerstone. He's our foundation, and that no matter what happens, that we can hold to Him, and um, He's stronger than we are, and it's incredible to know that through it all, that He's our rock that we can stand on and that... It's all going to be okay.
He shall come with trumpet sound. Oh, may I then in Him be found, dressed in His righteousness alone, for the stand before the throne. That was Hillsong Worship. Check out their new album, Open Heaven slash River Wild. It's available anywhere music is sold or streamed. Up next, feedback. listening to vaults the song is lifespan which would not be very long if you were trapped in a vault oh <laughs> nice we, we, camera we that had was a good one we had a vault good. at our yeah. last uh two offices ago we had a large bank vault the the building yeah. was previously a credit card processing facility for amex yeah. they'd make it and then they would put it in this massive bank vault 30 That's feet cool. by 15 feet uh working bank vault uh, yeah. With the door that we didn't have the combination to, <laughs> so of course yeah. that's where we put all of our interns. Sure. Gotcha. We set up <laughs> desks in there, and they called it the vault, and they own that thing. No air circulation, so keep the door open. Um, yeah. I mean, the reason that that we actually moved offices is three of the interns got locked in there. We didn't know how to open it, so we just subleased it. Yeah, uh, and probably doing the, okay. The the band vaults heard the story of of the tragic demise of uh, of the interns, and they wrote this song lifespan yeah. about it. Uh, <laughs> so, it's a really what? it's a rock opera. Yeah, the is. climax <laughs> is is when when Cameron goes to the door with a stethoscope. Yeah. And just starts <laughs> and like turning the big the yeah. But then after about ten minutes I can't figure anything out, so we just gave up and moved to uh, right. Lake Ivanhoe. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah. listen, we should call the landlord and get out of this lease. <laughs> Plausible Back tonight, it up, Billy. everyone. We're out of here. Pack it up. All right. Uh, it's time for your feedback. Last week, uh, we asked you, we, we want to know your craziest animal invasion story. Uh, we got talking about how uh, back uh, when we were in college, squirrels would come into our bedrooms. We got mm-hmm. talking about that type of stuff. Jesse's fox. Oh, yeah. Jesse's fox. Speaking of which, do you have any fox updates? Uh, Jesse just moved into a new house and under yep. the deck, a fox has taken up residence. Is it cute uh- or is it terrifying? I mean, it's pretty large. I haven't really interacted with it, so I don't know its disposition, but I hired a guy. You hired a guy. I hired a guy to take care of this for me because I was going to take matters in my own hands, but then then when I was prepared to do that, I realized I don't know the first thing about catching a fox. (laughs) Can you just shoot it? <laughs> Didn't they have a movie recently about fox catcher? Fantastic fox catcher. Mis- oh, fox catcher. Fox catcher. Nice joke. Nice joke, comedian. <laughs> yeah. So, so what I did is the first thing I did is I rented that movie. <laughs> After I watched it, I realized I still am very <laughs> ill-equipped to capture this fox. Just like the guy who works for NASA, he was watching all these yeah. Ben Affleck 
movies, still didn't know how to get yeah. to Marvel. Not school. a clue. <laughs> so I had this guy, his name's JB, super cool dude. He's coming to my house every day has to, be. to help me flush this fox His name's out. JB. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I've literally been calling him on a day-to-day basis to get updates. He's got traps all over the yard, and despite this, I saw the fox walking around my backyard again. He's still there. There's traps everywhere. I've tried to flush him out. I got JB coming over again today to help me out. And, uh, hold, yeah, on, still hold on, hold loose. on, hold on. He's just putting traps out? I feel like he needs to get under there. Like, like reach in there and get a get a fox out. I mean, he he tried some some tactics to flush this guy out. I mean, we haven't tried to. We hasn't come to us smoking him out yet. But if I think I know, that's the next. If I know my foxes, yeah. you you put on one of those like falconry gloves. I know. Yeah. Stick that thing in the hole. The yeah. fox is gonna latch on. <laughs> yeah. You know, the fox is just gonna pounce, yeah. latch on. You pull it out. You got a fox on your hand. Yeah, you got a fox on so your hand. That. Yeah. How do you get like a dog? Like a dog? Aren't dogs supposed to get under there? Uh, hound. <laughs> Like yeah, a hound, a hound? Like, a, like a fox, fox a hound. hound, or a hen house. You could just put a little, a little house. Yeah, put a little <laughs> house, set up a little some hens right outside. Or just Fox the right is door inevitably going to go right into it. Yeah, yeah, you put a hen right over the door. Hen, tons <laughs> of hens. tons of unprotected hens with like an arrow pointing right in a little <laughs> trap. And then and then he walks in. And when he walks in, and close the door. Yeah, you got him in a little house. <laughs> hey, since we're answering some of the hard questions of life today, is a fox more like a dog or a cat? Like in terms of like, I think it's uh, like a dog, isn't it? I don't know. That's what I'm asking. I, 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 you know, this is a very large animal. It's got a, it's got a, its tail is very noticeable. Mm. You know, I, I'm, I'm almost getting to the point where I'm just going to resolve to the fact that it lives under there and just do the next rational things, which is befriend him and domesticate him. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like, like just throw food, just, just empty like bags of garbage and rotten meat under the deck and just mm-hmm. create an alliance with this fox. Yeah. Aren't foxes like part of the lemur family? Interesting point. It's not a point. It's a that, question. That might be a question of the week. You know what? Okay. Do, do you mind doing me a, a favor, Tiffany? Yes. Email these to me. I okay. got to meet with JB later. Yeah. Right. We got some things to chat about. He he can clear all this up. We could have used Science Mike on the show this week. Yeah. There was a lot, yeah. a lot of things we didn't understand about If you guys want, I can the world. get JB on. Yeah, ask JB about the alien structure, too, just while you're at it. Yeah. I think the biggest question for JB is, how do you catch a fox? Because it seems like he's more like broing down with you. And it also actually, seems like he doesn't know because he hasn't caught the fox. Yeah. Right, it's a very binary thing. You either have a fox or you don't have the he's, fox. He's Guys, just, we're only five days in. <laughs> five days <laughs> in. Five days. It's in. one visit. You get a fox or you don't get a fox. We're gonna move on. You got to find a new person. <laughs> he's watching all these Disney movies and Steve Carell movies and yeah. Matt Damon movies. He's he's still searching for the answer. He doesn't yeah. know. All right, yeah. we're, we're we're just getting deeper and deeper down the rabbit hole or foxhole, as it were. Oh, oh. nice. All right, so you guys went over to uh, the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com, posted some of your your stories there. You also hit us up on Twitter at Rome Podcast and told us your craziest animal invasion stories. Here's a few of our favorites. Jamie Robbins uh, knows somebody who um, had a bear break into their home in the middle of the night, open the refrigerator, and take two large containers of cookie dough that they had prepared for a party the next day. <laughs> they believe, left all the meat behind, as well as some footprints as evidence of the thievery. I believe that was the plot of Harry and the Hendersons. <laughs> I was going to say, you're thinking of an episode of Yogi Bear, and it wasn't cookie dough. It was a pie cooling on the, win- on the windowsill. <laughs> uh, uh, Peter said he was sleeping one morning, and he was awakened by a neighbor's dog jumping on his bed. So the neighbor was visiting with my wife and had her golden lap 
lab with her on the visit, and he just ran into the bedroom that and jumped be on. So terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Sierra Young, who has apparently the worst ministry job on the planet, wrote, "I work at my church as the student ministries assistant and have my own office in the farthest corner of the oldest part of the church building." <laughs> That's like I get that what student ministries they usually get end. put they usually get like put far out there. Yeah. I have had so many various critters make their way across my office that my pastor calls me Cinderella. So now the pastor oh. knows that one of his or her employees has animals running all around the desk, but we'll continue on as if it's not already the worst job on the planet. I have come across many different types of animals from lizards to mice to a bird, but my favorite has been a mama raccoon who birthed six raccoon babies in the ceiling of my office closet. Now, as a joke, members from the church uh, love gifting me stuffed raccoons. No. I, mean, I don't think it's it was in is, her office closet. I think her office is in a closet. Yeah, yeah whatever it is, that is not okay. So Sierra Young's boss, if you're listening, yeah, settle down. Just get her office. I don't think you get, get animals out of your building. I, I don't think you get rid of a family of raccoons by fumigating. It sounds like she's got a lot more than raccoons. <laughs> that's, a, that's a hammer's job. Right. I think her office is outside. Oh my gosh, a uh, hammer's uh, job. <laughs> Jeremiah, you're terrible. Goof. You homeless terror. <laughs> oh, poor Sierra has just an outside office. It's just out in the woods. <laughs> right, yeah. They, they hung a tarp on the edge of the building. <laughs> Go out there, student ministries. Put, put a hole on the edge of the side of the building and called it an office. Play your little marshmallow games out there. <laughs> Get away from us. She doesn't lead the marshmallow games. She just assists with yeah. the people who lead the marshmallows. She buys marshmallow the marshmallows. Yeah, right. it she is buys. time for Sierra to upgrade to a full-on youth pastor where they only have just small woodland creatures uh-huh. once a quarter <laughs> roaming through the office. Tie their shoes for them. Right. <laughs> right. It's click cute. <laughs> All right. There's, there's a lot more. If you want to join in, uh, head over to the podcast uh, page and check it out. It's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Well, we covered a lot on this show. You know, lots of science. Lots of space. We learned, uh, we learned that the Holy Spirit's faster than time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we learned that the Massachusetts police force is really on the right track. Yeah. yeah. Up and Good up. Good for them. Um, we, we probably offended POD about learning mm-hmm. about their and Carson background. Daly. Yeah. Oh, oh, we'll get a strongly worded response on their brand new Facebook MySpace page. From, from Sunny. <laughs> But but really, the, the takeaway that's going <laughs> to stick with all of us from this show is the image of the lady licking her finger into the pudding. Yeah, and, and burned into it. my brain forever. Sticking there, it back in the tub and that doing was it. unbelievable. Yeah. That was one of the grossest things I've ever heard. Yeah, yeah. I, I witnessed it. Oh, and I, had, I I have a hard time see, thinking that that person isn't like mentally something. No, no, no. Here's the thing: she looked like anybody's. 48 year old mother dressed and like she'd just come off of work yeah. she was just picking up a salad to go and on the way what she was she did it in her little to go carrier God. and just like God, hmm, no. I can't take the pudding with me just gonna, I'm just gonna keep sampling real quick gotta lap yeah. up yeah. <laughs> so that was disgusting so, so uh, it got us thinking uh, grossest restaurant experience yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, we want to know what you've seen. Hopefully, not done, but what you've seen at a restaurant uh, that has stuck with you. Yeah, I think there also be good stories from people that have, that do or have worked in restaurants. Yes, yeah. I can feel oh, like yeah. I'm going to oh, preemptively I, say to everyone who's been through anything terrible at a restaurant, I'm really sorry. When I worked at McDonald's, I found a giant tree frog in the ice machine <gasps> that creates all the ice for. No! No! <laughs> wait, wait. Were you were you doing the chopped up ice? Was it going through? Oh no, it wasn't that. Please tell me you didn't get minced. Yeah, it was like that scene at the end of Toy Story three, I think, where they're going down the conveyor belt toward the thing that destroys it. That's the tree frog. No, it was pre that. It's what makes the ice in the back, and you put the ice in the big bucket, take it out, and all they had me do was take the tree frog out and put it outside, and then left. 
all the ice exactly no. as it was. No. <laughs> well, ger- frozen germs aren't contagious. Yeah. So that is unbelievable. Yeah. 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 And that was it within oh. me working there for just like a month or something. So imagine everything else Gross. that happens. I, I can't even believe that. <laughs> I, I wish that it was like a. You, you, you were uh, talking about it's like a, a routine thing. Like, hey, hey, real quick, new guy, can you check the ice machine for tree frogs before we get started? Yeah. We got about two or three in there. We got our assistant youth director back there <laughs> working. Gossip in her office. Sweet Sierra has the uh, the tree frog office. So. <laughs> I don't know. They're, they're like nesting in there. So we have not figured it out yeah, but we know that there is an infestation in the ice machines so we, we barely know if we're pulling out a hamburger patty or a tree frog at this point it's just <laughs> i mean it's, hey it's, it's all 50 50 it's yeah. willy-nilly it's whether you're meat. getting a nugget or a live tree frog so. whatever frog legs are expensive so i think you're getting the better end of the deal for <laughs> yeah that's unbelievable jeremiah that is really gross yep. i can't i can't wait and absolutely don't want to hear these right yeah. right yeah. perfect but uh we we do want to hear it so yeah. go over to yeah. the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com and post your replies there or hit us up on twitter at relevant podcast and we'll read our favorites next week many thanks to bright peak financial for sponsoring the show this week remember to go to brightpeakfinancial.com slash simple hyphen living to get started on their 14 day free program to help you cut down on life's clutter and create more balance with your finances Um, thanks also to hillsong worship for joining us make sure to check out their new album open heaven slash river wild it's out now and to eric mason uh his new book unleashed is available everywhere uh make sure to check out the podcast episode page and our uh relevant youtube channel for videos of this week's performance by hillsong worship uh you don't want to miss that and uh while you're there subscribe to the youtube channel and also subscribe to the magazine the the new one is shipping now it's a it's a really powerful issue Uh, and you can get it for a year uh both in paper and on ipad and and all the digital platforms for only a buck a month uh we think you'll like it on that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Eddie Koffoltz. I'm Tiffany Brenson. I'm Jeremiah Dunlap. I'm Jesse Carey. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Connect with us on Twitter, at Relevant Podcast, and get bonus material from this episode and more at the podcast section on relevantmagazine.com. And don't forget to check the magazine out. It's available on newsstands and at the iTunes App Store, or you can subscribe online at relevantmagazine.com slash subscribe. If I get pulled over and someone gives me ice cream, I'm not going to be upset.